Welcome to Above Par. I'm your host, Kathy Hartwood. I show you how to take more of your talent to the golf course without practicing harder, taking more lessons, or buying new equipment. I show you how to end the frustration of underperforming so you can start playing to your potential. This is where you are going to learn how to think above par so you can play below par. Let's get to it. Well, hello, my golf friends, and welcome back to Above Par. Hope you're having a beautiful day wherever you are listening to this. If you're out playing golf on your way to the golf course, maybe out for a walk, doing something you enjoy. I really appreciate you being here and listening and sharing. And I did go and look at some of the reviews. I appreciate you all rating and reviewing this podcast. If you get a chance to do that on Apple Podcasts, it helps other people find the podcast as well. Either way, I appreciate you being here and listening. So today I want to talk about identity and how your identity in a couple different areas is going to affect your performance or your enjoyment of the game, or actually how much you even engage in the game, how much you either hold yourself back, you put yourself out there, how you show up when you're at the club or the golf course. And your identity is basically a series of thoughts that you have about yourself. It's a way that we label ourselves often. And it has a lot to do with what we think other people are thinking about us but we can get so attached to our own identity that we don't really realize how much it actually holds us back. So the first one is about how people identify themselves relative to the game of golf. It might be something relative to your handicap or how far you hit it or how many tournaments you win. Now this is obvious, right? Because our handicap really does rate us in a certain way. So you have a certain handicap and we classify people by their handicap when we play in tournaments, but we can use our handicap against us. If, for instance, you have a low handicap, you might identify as being a really good golfer, or you might identify yourself as not being able to play up to that handicap. You might feel like that your handicap is better than you are as a golfer, and you could become self-conscious about your handicap too the other way. If your handicap is trending in a certain direction, let's say if it's trending up and your handicap is higher than you'd like it to be, you might be embarrassed about it or ashamed about your handicap. One of the easiest ways to know that is when you think about your handicap, whether you think positively or negatively about it, whether you think it says something about you as a golfer in general. And if you think negatively about your handicap, what are you making it mean? That you're not very good? That people think you stink? Are you saying that I should be better than this or this is an embarrassing handicap? Or are you saying that I'm not as good as my handicap is? I can't play up to that. People expect me to play at a certain level and I can't maintain that level of golf. So your handicap is one that is obvious on how we identify as golfers. The other one is our past accomplishments as a golfer, whether you were a former club champion or you won tournaments in your area, the state or national tournaments, or whether you're a golf pro right now and you just don't have the time, which happens a lot with golf pros to go out and work on your game. So there's this expectation you identify as a golf pro, but you're not really living up to that as a player. With all of these, you might feel like that is something that while it was fun to have, the accomplishment was great. And right now, it's something that you can't live up to. Maybe you played college golf and you're thinking that everybody is expecting you to play at a certain level. Or you identify as the former club champ that you won six in a row or the state champ. And everybody in your mind is expecting you to play to a certain level. So we identify ourselves as some of these past golf accomplishments. And that can put pressure on us to live up to an expectation we have in our head of what other people expect of us. And often people do come out and say, wow, you're really good. You've done this, this, and this. 
And we might think in our heads that we can't live up to that expectation. So that holds us back. We shame ourselves. We can shrink and maybe not show up for tournaments. We can be very self-conscious about our golf. We end up not showing up because we identify as something in the past, as a golfer who is at a different status or level than we currently perceive ourselves to be. You know, it's like, I used to be really good. I used to be able to play at a level and now I can't play to that level. Or I won the club championship last year and everybody has these expectations that I should do it again. And you're feeling the pressure and responsibility of performing. This definitely happens a lot with people who have played competitive college or junior golf and had some success. Another way that we identify relative to the game of golf is with our careers outside of golf. So for instance, you could be a professional, let's say a doctor or a lawyer or a CEO or a business owner. You might be a pastor or a preacher. You just might have a reputation in your community and you don't feel like your golf game matches your reputation off of the golf course. So for instance, let's say that you're a high powered attorney and you went out and played golf, but you really played to a 30 handicap. Potentially, you might not think that your game matches your reputation in your career. Therefore, you might avoid certain situations that might put pressure on your golf game, or you might avoid playing with certain people for worry that they will judge you in a certain way. We can have a tendency to put a lot of pressure on our golf game so that it lives up to the reputation that we have off of the golf course. We might not want to be seen in that arena struggling with the game of golf. I've seen this happen a lot in my life with golf. Actually, I'm going to tell you a story about Don Shula, who used to be the coach of the Miami Dolphins. And I lived in Miami at the time. My dad was the head pro at Lagorce Country Club, which is on Miami Beach. And I was in between high school and college. I skipped a year of high school. So I had this extra year before I went to college and played for Furman University. And so I was working in the shop. I got that free labor thing where I had to sit behind the counter and <laughs> check people in in the golf shop. Well, in comes a member with Mr. Shula, and he was making the comment to Mr. Shula that that girl right there behind the counter, he said, she can kick your butt. And he said, no way, not happening, can't happen, not possible. And he goes, oh yeah, she could kick your butt. He goes, nope, it's not going to happen. Well, this went back and forth for a little bit. And I was like, wow, he must be really, really good. <laughs> and so I asked him, like, what handicap does Don Shula have? And I think his handicap was in the high 20s. But he was adamant that I could not beat him. That did not match his reputation. He was not going to get beat by an 18-year-old girl right, who had, was going on to play college golf. It just wasn't going to happen, right? His identity and his reputation were just not matching up with his ability to play golf. I actually think I could fill up a podcast with a lot of athletes, professional athletes that I played against or was put up against who really got their feathers ruffled when we ended up playing and I beat them. But it doesn't matter. This can happen too with CEOs and lawyers or just people who have a big identity, off of the golf course and your golf game just isn't matching up to that. That can put a lot of pressure on how you perform, who you play with. You might turn down invitations, turn down for sure playing with certain people. You might want to play in a safe environment where you don't feel that pressure to perform because of how you identify yourself off of the golf course and how you identify yourself on the golf course. Another area is in your athleticism. So how you identify as an athletic person can affect your ability to perform on the golf course or to perform your best or just like even at a bare minimum, enjoy it. So it works in both ways. You might've played a sport in college, soccer or basketball or football, tennis. 
and you were really good at that sport. And then when you went out to play golf, everyone had these high expectations of you in your head that you would be able to really excel in golf. And then when, when you out, went out and played, you struggled. We can use that athleticism against us. We can beat ourselves up. I'm this great athlete. I can do this other sport really well. What's wrong with me that I can't play the game of golf? Going back to the Miami Dolphins, we had this academy at Grand Oaks in Fort Lauderdale, which is where they filmed Caddyshack. And Wayne Huizinga, who owned the Miami Dolphins, owned this facility. It's part of why we were out there. And so a lot of Miami Dolphins players would come out there. And oh my gosh, you'd get these linebackers up there. These really big guys were super athletic, trying to hit the ball. They'd whiff, they'd duff it. They'd, there'd be so many clubs down the range, so mad and so angry because here they are. They have this reputation of being really athletic and good at their sport. How can they not hit this little ball down the range with any kind of consistency and without, you know, feeling like a total duffer? <laughs> it was actually really, really funny to watch. But I will say, if you are an athlete, if you played other sports, golf is different. One of the things that people struggle with, I'm going a little off topic here, is that most other sports, you can use adrenaline and anger and frustration to motivate you and drive you and have more success. Often the harder you work in other sports, there was a direct correlation between the success that you saw in that arena. Golf, not so much. Right? We don't want to use adrenaline or anger or all those things to help us perform better. And sometimes the harder we try in golf, often the harder we try in golf, the worse we do. So this messes with people's heads if they spent most of their time in another sport and they come over to golf and they try and transfer that same mentality over to this sport, they struggle with seeing the same level of success because it's almost the opposite, right? The harder we try, the worse we do. We want to be a little bit more calm than we want to be jacked up. And conversely, I run into a lot of people who feel like they are not athletic. They identify themselves first as like, I'm not an athletic person. So lower your expectations about what you're going to see out of me. But this works against you. You identify as a person who's not athletic, limits your potential, limits what you're capable of doing. You're already saying, I can only be so good because I'm not athletic. So listen, if this is you, if this is something that you identify with, like if you can't walk and chew gum and you're saying, <laughs> and you're saying, I'm just, I'm just not an athletic person. There's no way I can play golf. <laughs> I'm just going to say that that's not true, right? It's totally possible that you can play golf. You're going to limit your potential. You're going to limit your ability to grow in the game. If you keep saying, I'm not athletic, you're basically saying, I can't do it before you even go out there and try. You don't have to be really good in other sports to excel in golf. Listen, I can't throw a ball. <laughs> it's, a, it's a running joke. It's, it's embarrassing, but it's a running joke. <laughs> I actually, I look like one of those little kids in baseball, you know, where you like point and you put, you know, your finger and then you open up your shoulders and you try and throw over your lead hand. Yeah, that's what I have to do <laughs> to throw a ball accurately. It's terrifying. So when I first moved to New Jersey, I was at the kids bus stop and I met this woman, Pam, she was a lawyer and she was asking me what I did. I said, well, I'm a golf pro, you know, just at the club down the road. She goes, oh, you would be amazing for our softball team. And I was like, no, I do not think I'm your girl. I'm like, I don't know. She's, and she was adamant and I did want to meet people. So she said I was super casual. We're just going to go out and have fun. I'm like, all right. So I joined the team. <laughs> they were shocked to know that I could not throw the ball. Right. So I got put out in the outfield. I went out as far as I possibly could <laughs> where I didn't think the other moms could hit the ball, but every once in a while I get the ball and they'd always yell at me. 
Kathy, plays it first. I'm like, I know the plays it first. <laughs> I just can't get the ball to first. So they would just keep moving me into different areas where they didn't think the balls would come. Eventually, I just took my adult beverage and sat up there. <laughs> but I could hit it. I could hit it every single time. I was really good at bat. I just couldn't throw. Oh my gosh, this one's made me cry. But anyway, yeah, athleticism is one of those ways that we can identify ourselves and we can limit ourselves in the game of golf. Okay, so those are the four main identities I wanted to talk about today. Your handicap, whether you feel like you're living up to your handicap or your handicap is embarrassing you or you feel bad about your handicap. Even though this is an obvious indicator of us as golfers, we can use it against ourselves. Then your past accomplishments as a golfer, what things you have won or whether you played college or junior golf, or even if you're just a club pro trying to go out there and hold your own. Your career and how you identify yourself around that your status, and then your athleticism, how well or not so well you've performed in other sports outside of golf. And what's so interesting is all of those are just labels. Then we create these stories around them. And these stories are all relative to how we think other people are going to perceive us relative to these labels that we have in our head. It's how are we going to look or how are we going to be perceived by other people? We start worrying about what other people think. We get very self-conscious about our performance and our score and how far we hit it or how pretty our swing is, or even more importantly, how bad our misses are. If we top it or we shank it or we duff it, it just really boils down to us worrying about what other people are thinking, which is something we can't control anyway. So if any of these resonate with you, if you find yourself identifying yourself and your golf into one of these categories and you worry about what other people think, I want to remind you that whatever your handicap is or whatever you've done in the past or how athletic or unathletic you are, what career or job you have or position you have, these are just situations. They're just circumstances. And you get to decide what you want to think about it because those thoughts are going to affect your feeling of worthiness and enoughness when you go out there and play. Because for all of them, what we're really worried about feeling is that we're not good enough. And that is something you get to decide. Nobody else, nothing you've done in the past, no handicap, no job, nothing decides that you're enough. The only opinion that matters ever is your opinion of yourself. There is the work. You get to write the story about you and accept you and your golf game for whatever it is right now at this given moment in time. So that you can go out there, enjoy the game and have your own back not worry about what other people think, and separate your golf game from you. The hardest lesson I ever learned was being able to separate myself from my golf game, <laughs> especially since I lived in a golf family, playing golf. I just grew up at the golf course. I started competing when I was 11, nationally when I was 12. Doesn't seem like much now, but there were like three tournaments when I grew up, especially for girls. It became who I was. So therefore, when I didn't play very well, it was wrapped up into my identity about how I got to feel about myself. I can't tell you how important this work is if this is something that resonates with you. And when I say work, that means you shifting your thoughts about it. You creating a little space around the idea that you are your golf game or that you are your career and your golf game is a reflection of your career, your athleticism. Create some space around that belief and that thought because it doesn't feel very good and it's not going to produce very good results. I for sure know it's not serving you. All right, my friends, if I can help you with this or in any other way, please reach out to me at kathyhartwood.com. All right, have a beautiful week. I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Bye.